What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, do we have another powerhouse guest for you? You know, when you think about stories where people come from nothing, you think about stories where people have had to fight and to scrape and to and to be so committed to the ultimate destiny that they never give up. It's one of those stories that that movies are made of when you sit there and you watch it and you get so inspired because of the hero's journey. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, <clears throat> my guest, Jesus Ortiz, is going to be sharing a little bit about his story and more importantly, ways that all of us can look at our current situation and realize that we are in charge of our future. And that starts with our mindset. That starts with the things that we do. That starts with the things we focus on most. And I know Jesus is going to move you and inspire you, hopefully to maybe be that extra nudge that that causes you to go over the edge in a good way, <clears throat> causes you to go over the edge in a good way so that you can achieve and accomplish what it is that you're here to do rather than potentially wasting another year or 10 years of your life, hoping, wishing, and praying that you're actually going to do it. You know, myself, I'm no different. Jesus is no different. There's so many of us out there that know we're not special. We just know we're driven. We're committed. We're unstoppable. We we know that it's going to take blood, sweat, and tears. We know that it's going to be challenging and difficult and stuff that we don't want to do and, and self-sacrifice and investing and scaring and all that other shit that goes under the, ban the banner fear, but yet we still do it because that's what living is about versus existing. You know, if you're playing the someday game, you know what I feel about that. So that's what we got in store for you tonight. Uh, what's up, Larry? Good to see you. I'm going to apologize in advance. I've been talking all day and my voice is getting really rough. And I'm realizing why Tony Robbins talks the way he talks because he just talks a lot. Um, so anyways, how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Be sure to, to, to comment here in the section here, whether you're live or on the replay. We see the comments actually in real time. So if you're watching this on the replay, you can actually, I can see when the comments were made and what the discussion was going on. So we definitely appreciate that. Good to see you, Larry. <clears throat> Glenda, what's up? What's up? How you guys doing? So anyways, yes, we are here with another show and I just want to come to you with uh, an important message also before we bring Jesus on is the fact that at the time of this taping, we're going through the COVID crisis. It's, <clears throat> it's July, I think 7th, 2020. And it's been pretty much a shit show of a year so far. You can sit there and you can look at memes where like, okay, January, we had this February, we had this, we had all these different situations going on but we thought there was going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And now we're seeing that there are some more complications, a lot of things that are happening in the world. And I just implore you from, from the beginning of this podcast and from everything that I say and I do in my videos and everything else, never stop believing in yourself. Never stop focusing on what it is that you can do in that moment to change the situation around to where it's working for you and not working against you. You know, that's going to be the paramount important factor in coming out of this stronger and mentally more ready for whatever else that we face <clears throat> is the fact that we have to make that determination that we're going to go through some stuff and we need to become stronger for that. So I really hope you embrace that and you see that as value. Um, because again, you know, my guest tonight has a very inspirational story and we're going to be talking about that. And I just love the fact that when I was on his show, um, just the natural conversation of what it takes to be successful, what it takes to be unstoppable is not rocket science, ladies and gentlemen, but hopefully with the way we're going to present it here tonight in just a second, that it comes across to you in such a way that it causes you and it moves you to think about things differently. Because whether it's your physical health, whether it's your mental health, whether it's your professional business, whether it's your spiritual side, whatever part of your part of your life that is going to be calling to you, I hope that you listen to it tonight. And then afterwards, you take action on achieving your dreams. Because I know for myself <clears throat> and my guest, we're both living examples that when you push yourself and you go through that, you can actually achieve amazing results. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jesus Ortiz. What's up, homeboy? How are you? Hey, hey, hey man. I'm blessed. I'm here. And I'm just, hey, man, can I tell you these guys? I'm like shaking and nervous. And I don't even know why. It's because you're a fucking rock star. <laughs> I'm over here sitting before you put me in. I was like, why do I have these tinglings on my stomach? I'm like, yeah, you're right. We are our rock stars. I love, I mean, I have my own show and I'm like, how can I be nervous? But I, I understand that it's not nervousness. It's just the happiness. It's the enlightenment in you that you just want to help and serve others. That's what it is that is inside of you. That power. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're plugged. You really, really, uh, Jesus. <clears throat> Sorry. Jeez. You're plugged into life, right? You're plugged into life. You're seeing the, the chemistry of what happens 
when you open yourself up to risk, you, you're, you're seeing and feeling the energy that happens when you connect with people who get you and people who want to support you. You're feeling the energy of all the hard work and the effort that you've gone through in your life to get where you're at today. And like, you know that I don't bullshit you. I mean, I have mad respect for everything that you're accomplishing. So why don't you just go ahead and give the, give the viewers and the listeners just a little bit of background on you and your story and kind of just set us up for the conversation that we're going to have about inspiring and empowering people to take responsibility for their lives, wherever it is, and to do something. So tell us a little bit about your story, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, well, my name is Jesus Ortiz, and uh, I came here in the United States to Houston, Texas, when I was around eight or nine. And I remember that time when I was here in Houston, Texas, when I got here to Houston, I speak no English. I didn't know anything of the United States. I was born in Mexico. My mom was coming into the United States to take care of another girl from her mom from her friend and she asked me do you want to come with me you you don't have to you can stay my mom was just actually was gonna come for a couple of months and stay and i'm eight years old think about it i'm gonna go stay in mexico I'm like oh no i'm going with you mom i'm not staying here so boom man we're here in houston texas eight years old i still remember this is a funny story guys um the kids outside i was at the, at the door at the apartment door opening the door and the kids outside giving me the finger the kids saying a lot of things, and I was like, what the hell? I mean, in Spanish, and myself, I was like, what are they saying? What is this finger they give me? What does that mean? And and so when I started going to school, and they, my mom, and then they put me to school, I was like, I had to learn English. I had to learn it somehow. So they put me in the ESL, ESL class, and the teacher, I still remember her name, Miss Parson. Um, she's, she started teaching us English with video. Remember that time when we had the cassette players? Oh yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, and and uh, she gave everybody the. It was a small ESL class, and I told her, "Can I take this home? Because I actually want to learn this pretty fast. I don't know any English, and I want to." She said, "Yeah," and she gave me some um, papers to kind of know how are you and little things like that. And then she started having video t- videos, and videotapes, and, and cassette players. You remember that too? Oh yeah. <laughs> And then uh, she said, do you want to borrow that too? And I was like, that's fine. And she's like, yeah, you can take some of the other ones when we're done with class. So I started learning. And you won't believe this, but in the four months, I learned English. Not perfect, but I knew how to defend myself. So that time when the kids were giving me the finger <laughs> in, uh, in, the, in the door, I was like, hey, I know what that means. And then they just got scared and ran away. <laughs> oh, man. It, it was funny, though. But those 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 guys became really good friends at that age. And they showed me the ropes here and there and the bad ropes and good ropes. But I remember I was a kid. Then pushing forward to the time, you know, we, my mom met somebody here, still with him, my stepdad. And um, we moved so much from here. I moved. From place to place to place to place, uh, school to another school. The schools were bad. And then um, my dad, my stepdaddy, he has two kids. So that was a big problem. They were always fighting with me. We didn't like each other. They were being mean to me. I mean, there's a lot of people that can't relate with that when, you know, your parents split up and you move with someone. So we had a rough time there. But now I love them. I don't even call them, like, you know, stepsister, brother, my brother, my sister. Because we're older. We understand now. But at that oh, time, yeah. it was tough and hard. But, I mean, all those movies, and so they decided to put me in a school that they were going. It was, it's, called, it was, it's called Kip Academy. So that school was for, like, you were getting in at 8 and, and getting off at 5 p.m. So it was not a regular school, like 8 or 5. How old were you? Uh, around this, when I started going to that, that was middle school. So guess what, 8, 9, 12, maybe like 12 or something like that. 12 or 13, yeah. Over wow, and that I sounds like a military yeah. academy. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. And, and look, look, this is crazy that people don't know this, but when you were like a bad kid, they would tell you to like this shirt and turn it around, turn it backwards, and you had to wear it like that. And they would sit you down in the corner, sitting down on the floor, and, and people knew that they cannot talk to you. If they talk to you, you were going to be the same. And it, it was called the porch. You were on the porch for a reason. You didn't do your homework. You were being bad to the teachers. So I, I was like trying to be off that. But I did got to be in the porch a couple of times and learn my lesson. But I realized that, you know, I learned my lessons. I learned what yeah. I did wrong. It's like in, in real life. It, it was just amazing. And then um, that's cool. They took us everywhere, dude. That was the only good thing. If you were good through the end of the year, they took us to field trips. So like fifth grade, they took us to Washington, D.C. And, and like 
meet every I met the pres I met Bill Clinton, the president Bill Clinton when I was in fifth grade. What went to the White House and you met yeah, yeah, I met Bill Clinton. That's it, it's not a lot of people know about this. You know, I went to fifth grade, I met Bill Clinton, went to the White House. I went, they gave us a tour in the White House, and uh it was amazing. And then sophomore year, uh 10th grade, um, they took us to Utah. So I did good. I was a good kid. So I got good grades. They gave me the, they call it the golden ticket. So I went to Utah and Utah was awesome. The, 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 what's the skies? I mean, the big mountains and all that, that was amazing. But I was, I'm scared of heights. So, oh man, it was like, I, I was waiting. I was like, oh, I'll wait here. So I didn't get to do a lot of the mountains because I was too scared to go, but that was fine. That was an amazing. Then 11th grade, they took us East Coast. 12th grade they took us to the west coast so i got to know at that age like pretty much everywhere new york you name it connecticut massachusetts so i was like wow great cool giving up you know to be good and, and out there and and meet different places you know and then from there you know i graduated and um went to high school high school i left uh, houston i went to arkansas for four years. so i went to high school not even I went to school in art four years because I got scholarship and I got um partial scholarship and then another scholarship for playing. So I was like, hey, let's go. But that first year, I was like, uh-uh, I'm a city boy that's on the middle of nowhere and staying here. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. My mom is like, well, if you don't want to go back, that's fine. We'll find you a school here. And but at least try to finish the whole year. So I was like, all right. So I went out there. Wait a minute, you were living in Houston? You were living in Houston, but you went to school in Arkansas? Because Yeah, I finished. This is high school or this is college? Just want to make sure you kind of cut out. Yeah, he was in high school. I went to Arkansas in high school. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. to go to school in your zip code. I mean. (laughs) I know, man. It was a a very good experience, man. That's where we live, experiences. Yep. Even though you think that it was bad that you did and I didn't went over there, man, I got to shoot snipers. I got to all of the things that they do over there. Um, we egg the houses, we threw the pants on the houses, all of those things that you saw in movies on those wood things. I right. got to do that, and that was freaking amazing. I got in trouble, yeah. They called the cops on us, and uh, but hey, it was an experience that I will never forget. That's what I always say do not close that book of the past because you see how I'm smiling, stuff that they were. But it was an experience that you had as a kid. You can tell your kids, you can tell somebody else's kids, and it's just an amazing story. And mm. so I went on there, finished the four years, um, became with friends with everybody. I still have friends with some of them that they're still in Arkansas. Some of them are everywhere. Came back home to Houston, and uh, I said, whoa, what do I do? Am I going to go to college? I did apply to college here and there, and I was like, I really San Antonio College. They did give me a scholarship there to write was to go to UTSA. And I was like, but I really want to go to San Antonio. I want to stay here in Houston. So excuse me. You know what? I'm not even I'm I'm not gonna go to college. I'm just gonna stay here and I'm gonna take a year off. Just like a lot of people do, right? Take a year off. So and this is, this is before you go to college, right, right? This is before you're going to college. So you're trying to scout that out. What kind of school, what kind of kid were you in school? Were you a good kid? I mean, it sounds like you're getting opportunities to go visit places that most kids don't get to p- visit. So were you like a really smart kid or were you learning challenged? I mean, talk to us a little about what kind of kid you were in school and, and possibly where some of those early beginnings <laughs> really- learning to be tenacious and to be unstoppable. Where did some of those things come from, from your school days? Yeah. Like that's keep Academy. With my parents there, it was from eight to five, and I got it. That's learning, you know, like, man, I'm not smart. I don't have the best grades, 85 in between, but it it, it made good for me to go on field trips, and it made me to be a better and be like, want to make a, a, a nail or anything. I got to study more. Those kind of, I just you're, did you're, what I could. Breaking up. And I said, whatever I study. <laughs> oh, can you hear me? Yeah, you're just you're you're it's a little bit breaking up. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um keep going. All right. Oh yeah, yeah. And um I wasn't that, you know, smart kid. I just did what I could. Uh push myself and um and realize that whatever it is, I that came and I did what I did. I was like everybody else. I mean, some other people were smarter than me. My friends were all making A's and 
I was like, that's perfect. If they're making A's, they're studying. That's what they want to do. But everybody's different. Nobody's the same. Nobody. I was kind of like half, half. I don't like school. I do like school, but I go to. I like going to school because of my friends. But that's how I became when when I you know try to move to to go to college. And I said, let me take that year off. And then after that, I had a lot of friends like, hey, man, college is fun, the parties and this and that. And I said, well, I'm going to go to a, um, uh, not a college, but what is it called? A community college. And I went and did my paperwork and pictures and everything. So I went to community college and I did only three months. And after that, Therma, I, I knew that college wasn't for me. I was like, mm, this is not for me. I just, I need to go find something to do. And I just stay home and really didn't do anything, just playing video games. And until so mom was like, hey, you need to find a job. You need to find a job. You need to start, you know, you got to help us here. You got to pay some bills. And I was like, hey, where do I find a job? But what, what kind of job am, am I going to get, you know? And I just, oh, yeah, I remember this. That, that same school, I totally forgot. That was my first job. The KIPP Academy that helped me. I, I was six. I don't remember really the much the age. And uh, they said, we need, uh, we're going to repaint the school. We need people to paint and clean up. So I'm like, boom, I went out there and did that. And I became a leader, like a little group leader. So I was doing good and everything. But the bad thing is that when it was lunchtime, I was the leader. I would go to sleep and don't wake up like two hours. <laughs> they were already working and I was still asleep. So right, you times, get fired from that job? Uh, they, they, yeah, I did. Uh, they, the guy, you know, he told me, Hey, you're a good leader, but you just, what's, what's going on, man? You're just falling asleep. And, and it's not the first time. And he kept on giving me chances and I kept on, you know, just not. So I was like, whatever, you know, when he, he fired me, he came and told me he wasn't mad or anything, but he's like, man, I don't think this is for you. I mean, you're a good leader, but man, come on, why are you falling asleep, man? You got to help your friends over there. You got to leave not sleep that's why i put you as a leader not a sleeper <laughs> and i was like right, that's perfectly fine i just you know left and then my mom was like you gotta find it you gotta find a job and i remember that my one of my friends owns a restaurant and i asked him right there with you he's like well we don't eat nobody here when i was 18 when I was 18 or 19 and i said we don't need anybody here but i know somebody that um another owner that has a Mexican restaurant that they need people because they're getting so busy. So it's like, but at that time, let me tell you, this is not the one that is here talking. I was shy. I was the uh, shoes that I will be talking to you. I will be mumbling. Uh, uh, I will I'll talk to people. So I was like, how am I going to work at a restaurant and you guys to talk to people? So I was like, man, I was telling my friend, man, you know me, I'm not really talking to the people. And he's like, man, that's the only chance. That's the only job. And I know your mom wants you to work already. So I'm like, let's give it a shot. So uh, it was on a Friday. He took me on a Friday. He he presented me to the owner. The owner said, yeah, can he start? Can you start today? And I was like, yeah, sure. So they trained me. They put me as a training with the with the manager. And man, let me tell you, that day at the, on a Friday in the restaurant, back in those days, you know how super busy the restaurants are. I got off and went home and my mom was like, so how was it? She was all excited. So did, did you like it? And I was like, I ain't going back. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> Why are you not going back? Uh, my legs hurt. It was too many people. It was like coming in. There was a line and the tables and move here and help here, help there and clean here. I was like, this is nuts. I'm not going to go back. She's so like, so wait a minute, Jesus. So let me get this straight. You um, you didn't want to go to that one school. You didn't feel like doing that. There's There's been a few things in your life already that you shared with us that have been like situations that would almost make it seem like you were not, you were almost avoiding the progress that you're supposed to be making. So talk to us about what kind of mindset you had to have in order to take all of those experiences from your childhood and produce the results that you have now in your adulthood. Oh yeah. Through, through, through all, through all those things that happen, you know, many stories, I realized that, you know, I, I was going inside myself and saying, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to become, you know, not a leader, but a better of myself. Um, I need to meet more people. But by that time, you know, when the restaurant came and all of that, uh, my shyness went away. I became a good talk. Um, 
I started learning how to talk better, create. At that time, I didn't even know about storytelling. And I was already creating stories. When I was working at the restaurant, I was creating stories to the people that I was, uh, you know, attending. And some stories were real and some stories were just made up for me, fake. But they were just amazing. The people loved it. And that's how I got to get good tips and, and really good tips. So I had a lot of, now that I can call them super fans to those people, you know, because they, those people actually asked for me. Even if the restaurant was packed and they were with in another table, uh, they can't, we need him. Uh, and we don't need the other waiter. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm busy. They need to take care of you. No, no, we need you. And and so I why created was why, why was that? Why was that so specific that, that they wanted you for that experience? I created myself as a as a top leader there. Like I actually went in above and actually took care, took care of those people. Like I yep. just uh, went out there and I said, hey, if we didn't have this. I'm like, don't worry about it. How, how can I make it up? Uh, we actually have this chicken or something, but we can make it like this. Let me. And, and the cook was my friend. So the cook was like, all right, I can make it like this. You can tell them that's what we have right now because of the orders. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll take it. So I was trying to make it, you know, that they were happy, that they were getting something for them, not for me, but for them. And while I was out doing, I was creating the story. I was creating the one-on-one vision, so so they can go and say, "Oh, Jesus Ortiz, you know, I wanna, I want him as a waiter. I don't want Bob. I don't want Julia. You know, I want him." So I created that character in there, like a cartoon character, if you could name it like that. And it's that was true. a happy yeah. moment because. It ended up for me that all those all of those people that they didn't even know me, man, I'll never forget this. They'll bring me cake. It was my birthday. They'll bring me bottles. My mom's birthday, they'll buy her cakes, presents. Wow. And I was like, whoa. And at that time, to now I realized like, damn, I did something good that I would have, you know, kept on pushing. But I didn't know. My mind wasn't on that, you know, on that speculation things. But I was like, well, this is incredible to also like this is awesome that they they stuff because i was being nice to them i was being humble i was being appreciative and i was listening the number one thing was listening i was not there like ah oh, man i don't want to attend them because they're going to give me two dollars no i was like i'm just gonna go and like hey how you doing how's your day man beautiful outside right oh yeah even if it was raining i was like it's beautiful outside there are you crazy it's raining i was like nah man some people when it rains and then i creating stories and and they loved it and then it was just I, I loved it but the bad thing was that i became an alcoholic when i was on that drinking what? from sunday to sunday well before before we get an in, alcoholic. before we get into that yeah. jesus one of the one things i, I want to really just point out for everybody watching this and listening to this is that you said originally when i asked you that one question like what was the defining thing and you said you cared I don't know if people caught that. I don't even know if you caught that, but you actually, the, the defining moment in, in that was that you cared about what it is that you were doing. And when, and I want to make sure people get that is that when you actually care about the outcome of a situation and you will do your best to figure out what a solution can be for your quote unquote problem and you show people you care, then people are going to come back to you and see you for that because you're going to be known. You're going to have a reputation. So I wanted to point that out, Jesus, because I think, I believe that has served you so powerfully in your life and everything that yeah. you're doing to create the success that you've had now. So I just wanted to focus on that for a second, but yeah, take us through some of the, some of the, okay. So you, you've gone through all the school and everything, and now you're starting to make a name for yourself. And I want to also talk about what you just said, and some people may negate that, but the fact that you created a character out of that is powerful. I was just listening to a podcast last night talking about the neuroplasticity of the brain and how, you know, there's different terms. There's act as if there's fake it till you make it. There's all sorts of different things, but this guy was actually talking about the process of creating an alter ego that like Sasha fierce for, for Beyonce, that she had to have that alter ego before she would go dance provocatively in front of everybody else because she was a quiet, shy church girl. So I think that's powerful in some respects because sometimes we don't have the faith or the belief or the, the 
uh, personality to do something that's that may be risky, but if we give it a name and then we play with that, like we were when we were kids, I was playing with my son earlier. He was like, boom, 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 playing. You start playing, you start doing that. You start acting as if then you build that confidence. And now like Beyonce, she's like, I don't need that anymore. Now I'm confident in doing whatever I need to do. So I wanted to point those two things out for people who are watching this tonight is the fact that sometimes you have to get creative. Sometimes you have to play in order to take yourself to the next step. But the important thing is that you just kept figuring it out as you go. So let's talk a little bit about those dark days where you, where you were partying a little bit too much and you maybe got a little bit too much ego going on. Yeah, because I was doing so good that I was making 5x, 10x on my tips and everything. And and my bus boy was getting paid really good. I was paying him even extra. So that's why he loved being with me. I started teaching him. See, I didn't even know about that. Like now, how you serve and teach others. I was teaching him to become better than me, to become a better, to become a waiter. Because I, I was telling him, you want to make more money? He's like, yeah, well, you got to become a waiter to make more money than this and he didn't speak that much english so i was kind of teaching him a little bit of english and teaching him to be a uh, uh so he can stand up and be a waiter so he decided to stay with me and say he liked the money that i was paying and he <laughs> telling you i'm skipping a little bit before i said he became better than me way better than me with what i teach him he surpassed me i saw when when i he i gave him a try to do the waiter i was like damn I did that. And I was like, I'm happy. I'm happy to know that that he actually became better and better. And he started doing the same thing, teach somebody else to be a better waiter. So I was like, this is crazy. You know how things happen at those moments that you teach and serve and doing things good. But at that moment, you don't know and realizing what's going to happen or how you're going to how is it going to affect on your life later on in the years. So that affected me because I started drinking. I was an alcoholic. I drink in the mornings. Like I know alcoholics that would drink early in the morning and eat, but I was drinking every day. Like say I was working today and I was getting off right now. I will get in there and, and, and get in margaritas two or three, but make them myself, put extra liquor and, and get drunk. And then from there, I was like, where am I going next? So go to a club, a bar, and then ended up in a cantina. Already six seven in the morning to be at work nine so getting home, shopping, taking a little 20 minute nap, going back to work and still drunk and smelling like that. But I was I was happy, man. I was like, damn, I'm gonna make five X and 10x money again. Even how I was and being still serving the people, I was still being good, but it was not professional. Smell I knew people were smelling me. I knew people were, but you know, but the way I was, the character and helping them instead of me and getting the food quick and getting this, they loved that. But to me, I realized now that was just unprofessional drinking and being so, I mean, you know, it was just horrible. I mean, that was something that I'll never forget, but I can teach others. Like when I go eat at restaurants, I let them know, I tell them that part of my to the waiters. And I give them some tips. Hey, you know what? At this point of the moment of my story, I used to be an alcoholic. And I see that, yeah, you know, you're going out there and drink. And, and I don't want you to start that. I want you to, to think that that money you're going to waste there, uh, you can waste it on helping your mom. Or, or do you have anything that you want to do in your life? Do you want to start a side hustle or anything? And some of them will tell me, you know what? I want to start selling. I want to create my shirts. And I'm like, do that. Waste that money on that. I, I'll regret not doing and putting in and not have that money that I had on something positive, something that was going to make me happy instead of me buying boosts and getting drunk and going out there. And, and, and I, that's why I never regret anything because I was everywhere. There was cocaine. There was weed. I didn't do none of that. But I was in those places. And and when I, forward, you know, forward ahead in life, when I uh, met my ex-wife, that's when she said, you want to be with that drink you gotta get it go and so i got attached to her man it has to go it has to go because if i don't change right now um how other women are gonna look at me me being drunk they're not gonna want to be with me why would i want to be with a drunkie when hey he can hit me he can you know molest me or do things that i don't want so it's like man when she said that my brain went like boom and <laughs> yeah, wake up call now, how long were you, how long like, were you doing this for? Was it a year? Yeah. Was it six months? How long were you on this kind of uh, reckless path? Man, like almost that whole year. It was crazy, man. 
this is drinking and drinking. And then I, I didn't start drinking in the mornings, but I would drink before I went to work. Like if my shift was in the afternoon instead of in the morning, I would buy my myself bottles and make myself coke and, and, and boom and go already to work, not drunk, but tipsy. Like, oh man, I'm happy and I'm gonna make money. comfortable. Yep. You're in a good mood. Yeah. Yep. I'm in a good mood. But <laughs> and they're done that. Not at work, but close. Yeah. And then after that, you know, boom, let's get in the bottle. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. And and so it what was what, because I remember when did you when did you like that, make that determination? Like, okay, I've had enough of this. Was it based on meeting your future when, ex-wife? Yeah, yeah. And when I met her and we, you know, we that I that was like forward, forward, you know, I, we were working in a big company. Uh, we were doing like the plastic things for Walmart. You know, the numbers in Walmart when it's three ninety nine and all that yep. stuff. We, we were doing that stuff and creating other stuff for the big companies. And I met her there and we started talking and, and then we started going out to eat. And then into the, the relationship got a little bit, you know, I was still drinking, but not as much. But I, the, the, but let me get this straight. I was still not, I was still drinking, but the drink controlled me. I didn't, I didn't control the drink. Even if I wasn't drunk or a little bit drunk, I didn't control it. I was controlled by consuming all that alcohol. So up to the next step, but you got to let it drink or, or, or start not drinking that much. And how, how can we, how can we start there? And I was like, Hey man. And that, like I said, boom, that woke me up. And I said, you know what? I really like her. I really, I already foreseen that I wanted her for the long run and have kids and everything. And I said, I, I got to stop. So we went out and she was amazed. Like in a couple of weeks, she was like, huh, I see that you didn't order anything to drink. You ordering Sprite or water or Coke. I was like, yeah, I would tell her it's tough because I really want to drink. You know, I really want to drink my whiskey, you know. And like it was in my head that I want to drink that. It's, that makes me happy. And she was like, no, just keep yourself, you know, balanced like this. It's fine when we have, you know, special moments and stuff. Yeah, let's drink a little whiskey. But not to the point that let me get another one. Let me get another one. No, just, just like, uh, you know, me and me, just me and you. And, and it's. Uh, moments like that when we went out to for, you know, February the 14th and stuff like that. I never said that anniversary moments and stuff like that. We will go out drink. If we didn't go out, we'll cook together something in the house and then just buy a bottle and we just have fun ourselves there. But it wasn't me, the old Jesus drinking and drinking. So after a while, I stopped, you know, just thinking about the drink. I would, even to now, even till now, like I buy bottles and stuff at the house because my mom likes drinking and stuff, not, you know, just occasional drinking. And so I just buy her bottles. I'm stuff a whiskey or something. And sometimes I don't even finish it. It just stays there. Mm-hmm. My mom would say, Hey, are you going to finish it? And I'm like, nah. That's a, it's, I, I mean, it's, it. it's a tough thing. I mean, that could, that could be a show in and of itself is, is just talking about that. Scott, my brother, Scott, uh, has a question for you. Thank you, Scott. Oh, yeah. Um, what sets you apart specifically? How do you create value? Um, let's, let's bring it all forward to, to, okay. I think we've established the fact that you've been through some shit in your life and you've been on that rock and roll roller coaster. But I believe if, if people are listening, uh, very carefully, what they're seeing is the fact that you have, you have stumbled, you have fallen, you have tried, you have gone here and experienced this. And now Scott's asking, okay, what sets you apart specifically? And I think for me, when I, when I, when I, the part of your story leads up to that is the fact that you are determined, but answer that question for us and let us know specifically where you've, how you've grown into that and, and how you create that value. Because I think a lot of people get stuck on that. Yeah. And um, I'm going to end with jumping into what created the value of what it is now. Because all of this was the regular story when it went boom. When I, it, this, my main story that happened to me that created this, what I'm at right now, was we had a daughter. Me and her, we weren't in the relationship. She has diabetes. Uh, the doctor said, you know, I have a kid because if you do have a kid, you're going to have to choose. Either you choose live your kid and i was like oh hell no i'm not choosing i'm not here i'm not a judge god or the guys of the not so the doctors were like well you have her her diabetes numbers down and then you can have your kid so we did we i did on my part she did her years past went to the doctor and um 
right there that value when I knew that when we went back and, and I knew that she was pregnant and, and uh, that we were going to have a little girl that I broke. I broke that system in the family because it was boys, boys, boys. And, and my mom is like, oh, man, I hope it's a girl. You're going to break that that value right there. And it's going to be a boom. And it was, it was a little girl. That just, just, I mean, you know, you're having a kid. It just turned out to me that, man, I'm going to have a little girl. What am I going to do next? Like answering his question, what am I going to do next? Um, I don't have a real, I don't want to call it like a real job, something that they're paying me good. I want to have something that I can protect both of them and have something in life, a legacy. And, and I was confused. I was happy that I was having a little baby, but at that time in my, nobody, I don't think nobody, I, this is just me talking out of my heart. Nobody knew that I, myself telling me, I was like, man, I know I'm going to be a father, but I don't think I, I was thinking that I was bad. You know, it's like, I need to find out something in me that I can create and that we can all be happy and create, create each other. And, and move forward Be, when we get our little girl, you know, when she gets, when she gets born, you know, and, and all that time I was confused and just, I was working, but not full time. And, and, um, when she gets born and that, phew, amazing, that's an amazing moment of my life. And at that time I had no work, I, I wasn't working. I had no job. So I was happy, but not happy with how am I going to contribute to where we're gonna live, where we're gonna go here. I knew we were gonna go back to my parents, but my life was stuck to like miserable. Where am I going? I was negative. My my mind, everything was negative. So that value right there was negative. So answering that, my, my negative, it was a negative value because I didn't have nobody to surround with that was giving me that positive or giving me something to not wish for, but giving me something to push forward and understand that Jesus, yes, you can make it. Yes, you have a little girl. There's other stories people went like that. Yes, you can go. I didn't have none of that. It was like me battling me, the negative Jesus versus the other negative Jesus exploding and trying to, you know, create a positive moment, but it wasn't there. The, the, the positive moment was never there. It was just dark moments and moments. And after we had a little girl, it was just tough for me because I was like, where am I going to work? And she was telling me where you need to work go back and work. Because at that time I wasn't working in the restaurant business anymore. She's like, go back and work in the restaurant. I was like, oh no, I'm not going there no more. I did my years there. I'm tired. Uh, how old, how old were you at this point? How old were you at this point? At this point, somewhere around the twenties, twenties, okay. maybe 26. Well, let's, let, let's try, let's try to jump ahead because we're, 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 we only have an hour. Um, let's try to All jump right. ahead and just talk about oh, yeah. what that shift was. Let's kind of get concise and get tight on yeah. what the shifts were and that caused you to 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 change and shift where you're at now. Yeah, let me get to the point right here. Two years and a half, I didn't get to see my daughter. Two years and a half. At that that point of moment, I'm gonna tell you what happened. I was at work. I came back home. There was a letter in the table, and it said. You go to your right side, I'm going to go to my left side, but I'm taking your daughter with me. This is not going to work. Mm. And boom, I exploded. The sofas everywhere. I made a mess in the apartment. At that moment, I was like, what the hell? You know, where is she? Where's my daughter? I want to see her. She was still here in Houston. I just didn't know where they were. So all the time I was looking for And so I went back home to my mom, and my mom already knew everything. And she was like, she wants to talk to you Thursday. Well, I went to Mexico. She left to Mexico, took my daughter, and my eyes just exploded. My mind just was, I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to go get her. And my mom said, if you go to Mexico, you're never going to come back. Because your situation with your papers still not ready, <laughs> you're not going to come back here. You're going to stay there, and, and you're not going to come back. So I, I, you need to think about what you're going to do. And those moments, dude, those two years and a half that went there, I was lost. I gave on God. I gave up on myself. Faith. I gave up on everything. Our mom was like, get two jobs. Show her that you can be better. Show her that you're a better father. Show her you're a better man. Even though you did a lot of wrong things. Even though, look, guys, this, this hurts me because we had the money. 
and the little my little girl needed shoes. They need, she needed clothing. My wife needed clothing. And my answer was no. We're not getting no shoes. Why? I need to invest this money to make money. Because my mind was open. I wanted to have a good legacy. I wanted to have something better for, for the family. But I didn't have no coach. I didn't have no mentor. I didn't have nobody to tell me that's not the right way to do it. How are you pushing that and not buying your kids shoes? All that stuff hurts me even now because it was it was that's what it created my ex-wife to explode. Man, like as a woman, man, if you're watching here, you're gonna have all those things. She was with me 150%. Anything that I wanted to do, but me on that face of me doing that, that was horrible. That to me was horrible. But those two years and a half changed me. Changed me, changed me, changed me to where I'm at now. When I got to see her for the first time of those two years and a half, and I got to go to Mexico, and the court date was in Mexico, I, guys, I saw her walking. I cried, man. I just started crying. I, I kneeled down and I started crying and I was like, there she goes, man. Two years and a half time, you know, time passes all the time. You, you ain't getting it back. And I saw her and I went and I thought she was going to run to me and give me a hug. No, man, two years and a half. How is she going to remember? Well, she went straight to mom, gave a hug to mom. And, and I was just sad crying. And in that moment, I was like, at least I'm here. At least she's in front of me. Uh, now from here on, we have to set something. We have to set something that I can actually see her. I didn't really care how, when, or where, but the, the, that I have the chance to see her. So we actually went to court and um, got and sit down with the with the judge, and we decided that I was gonna see her for uh, vacation only, and she was gonna stay with mom because I decided that way. I I could have taken her. I had like a stack of papers <laughs> that I had a lot of things, you know, that, Hey, you know, she said all this, she's not right to be with the mom, but I, I had so much heart that I said, I can't do that. That's not me. That's not that Jesus that has that heart and humble in taking your daughter just because of hatred or because of that negativity that happened between two adults and you're going to blame it on a little kid. Hell no. So I said, you know what, judge, Give me the day for vacation. And the judge is like, you give me the day for vacation so I can sit up here. And I did. And since there on, I started seeing her on vacation. And that started changing me. And, and little bit by little bit, I started believing in myself, believing in God, believing in, in everything that came back to me. Little, little bit. It was like little drips, little drips, little drips and drips. into a, God just gave me a lot of signs and said, you have to be with the kids. Exactly. Was, and that, that's so important, Jesus. I mean, the kids having a bigger why, I think is what you're trying to say is when you have a big enough why, you have a big enough how. And sometimes we have to hit be hit smack upside the face with a Mack truck to figure out what our why is. You were, you were, you were stumbling and you were figuring it out and you were creeping along, but then all of a sudden you had to get hit. And I think that's what's going on for a lot of people in the world right now is they're getting hit. They're realizing, oh, I should have had money saved up. Oh, I should have been doing this. Oh, I should have been planning all these different things. And now they're getting hit upside the head. So that's the important thing. Cindy asked, what pushed you to where you are now and what's next in your life? What's going to be bringing you to that oh. next level? Um, because we're, we're going to have to wrap up the show in a little bit. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, but I mean. That's my why, guys. My destiny, my why, my purpose, everything is my daughter. That's what pushed me to the level that I'm at right now. That's what's pushing me to say, if not now, when that's what pushed me to go all in. That's what's pushing me to hear her voice. Dude, let me tell you, I know we're pushing in this. That's that's your answer is her. My daughter is what pushed me, what drives me. That's what's in my head. It's in, in the next level that, that I don't even know how I wake up, how I do it. But I know that it's her. It's her little voice on my ear that is telling me, I want to be with you, daddy. I want to have more time with you, daddy. But for me to do that, I have to push myself out there and create something when she comes back to me in vacation and me not being broke and me not being like, damn, I cannot take it to eat at McDonald's. Damn, that much? I'm like, no, I cannot do that. I have to wake up, be on instead of no matter how many times I'm going to fail, no many times who's going to stab you in the back. I have been stabbed in the back so many times. I still got to look forward on my vision. I still got to look forward what I really want and never give up in life. Never. Never, no matter what happens, who hates you, who doesn't hate you, just believe in you. 
Believe in mm. you and believe in anything that you can do. Just those little drippets. It don't matter if you wake up late, you wake up early, whatever you do in life, make sure that it counts, that it comes from your heart and that you're pushing it out there. Even if it's not the right way, even if it's the wrong way, just do it. Just do exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. So what is it What is it that you ultimately landed on? Because we talked about school. We talked about different careers and things of that nature. What did you ultimately land on and why is that your passion now? And what are the things that you're doing with that to help other people? Yes. And then, and as landed it to me that I want to create a show and uh, I was working out outside of my apartment and I decided, you know what, I want to do videos. And then I created, you know, myself on teaching myself how to do videos and one minute videos in there before even there was live Facebook live. And then I created my YouTube channel and then boom, it popped in. It's like, you know what, why don't I create a show? And I was like, why do I name it? I was answering all of this in my head. And then I said, whoa, let's call it the Jesus Ortiz Diary Show, Teaching for Success. And so I did it. I went out in Amazon. I didn't have that much money. I bought a small little mic and a couple of things here and there. And boom. And I had them all in my house. And I was like, who am I going to get to interview in my show? How am I going to do it? So I was sitting in my bed writing notes. And I was like, whoa, I got to connect. I got to build relationships. So I started on Facebook, looking at all these people that were making five, six, even people that were making millions already. And I went to them. I didn't go out there and say, hey, you want to be on my show? No, man, I went and connected with them, build a one-on-one relationship. Into a couple of weeks later, I knew I had a connection with them. I asked them, you know what? I started a show. Would you would you be uh, interested of being a guest in the show? And then all of them said yes. So I created a list, and I had a, a big list from the beginning to interview on a lot of guests. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, creating that moment, creating a show, knowing that I was out, I was not that kind of person to be looking at the camera and being like, oh, I'm, I'm good for this. No, it took time. I started it in like October of 2016. And, and, and it wasn't great. And it took hard. People saying, oh, who are you? Why are you making this show? I mean, it fam- not family, but other friends are like, this is not going to work for you. You're not good for the camera. I'm like, you always going to hear these guys from everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's life. All aspects of life, people are going to push you to that road that they want you to do what they want them that they, they didn't get to do. Bam. But they fell at what they did fail at because they want you to be in their shoes. But you're not. You have your own shoes. You have to go and, and set apart from it and go do what you got to do, whatever is best that you are at. And that's when it becomes when you got to hire a mentor, a coach or anything. But that takes time. But for you to take time, you got to show that power, man. You got to show the power within you, the light, the spirit, the happiness. And whatever those people want you to fail, who cares? They're always going to think that you're going to fail. And you are going to fail, but those people later on, they're going to be like, damn, how did you make it this far? Well, you told me I was going to fail. Look where I'm at right now. It took <laughs> me so many times, so many failings, so many crying, so many, like, I'm not going to make it. I'm done. I, I, this is not for me. I don't have the money. I don't have this. I'm like, no. All of that is always going to come in the back of bullshit. It's always going to be there, mm-hmm. no matter what. But you got to remember that you have one life. That's it. Either you believe in God, the universe, the creator, whatever you want to believe. Best believe in yourself. Best believe in your guts, your mind, your eyes, your vision that you got in front of you. And then you run with it. Don't look left or right. You damn make it happen. No matter how long that shit is going to take you. All the sufferings. Damn it. When you get there. You're gonna be happy. I mean, you're already happy. It's so true. Like, Dude, it's so it's so true. It, it when you get there and you realize that all the shit you've gone through in your life, all the little parts and pieces that have challenged us and have created that adversity, created that situation where we wanted to give up, created that situation where we didn't want to go to school, creating that situation we didn't want to go to work, was all happening for us and not to us. And I think that's the important separation that we have to make. And I think you'd agree with me, Jesus, is the fact that we need to realize that even right now with COVID and all the stuff that's happening and the financial distress and everything that's happening for anybody who's watching this, either live or later on, it's all happening for you, not to you. 
If you have that perspective, that perception, that belief that it's happening to you, oh, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to continue to have more of those things. So really, what does it mean to you, Jesus, with everything you shared with us? And thank you so much for sharing. What does it mean to you to be unstoppable? And what do you tell the people out there who were in your shoes, who didn't know what they wanted, wasn't sure of this and was challenged by this and had this addiction and had all this would otherwise be negative weight? What would you say to those people to figure this out and use this to become their launching point for whatever it is they're going to be next? Guys, fail fast. Fail, fail fast. fast. Fail Damn. Fast. Boom. Damn, but right now, whatever you have written down right now, and you're just thinking about starting your side hustle, just like I did before, just like uh, Christopher and everybody, and you're looking at that paper, and you're like, should I win? No, just do it. Just throw it out there. No matter if you don't have a Facebook, no matter if you don't have a website, just shoot it out there for the stars. Just go out there because on the way, on the process, you're going to start learning. You're going to start meeting new people, guiding you that way, showing you the way, telling you you need this kind of mentor, you need this. But why? Because you started it because you said, F this. I'm going to do it now because if not now, when? And if, if I don't, if I say tomorrow, the next year, why? It's never going to happen. If we say that, I'm telling you because I'm here telling you, I always said that. I'm going to do it next year. Look at that 2020. Just recently right now, the halfway of 2020, I decided let's go. I've been pushing myself since 2016. So if if I don't do it now, if I don't push out there, when? Who's going to who's gonna be behind me and telling me, Jesus, you got to do this. You got to expand your show the push power to power show because you gotta push power to power realize that you gotta push power to power don't matter this is not about the money or bringing any money don't think about money the money's gonna chase you when you're pushing power to power even if it's the smallest power people love that you help somebody that's what i'm doing on this show pushing power to people that they don't even know me but i'm doing a show about them i know i go out there read about them Blog their videos and then boom, push power to power. Realize that that's gonna help you with them to come to you and be like, damn, it's badass that you push power to power me. How can I help you? How can I help you? And then I can be, how can I help you? How can we help each other? How can we help this community by pushing power to power? Not thinking about let me pay me this, you gotta pay me that. Yes, we all gotta eat. Yes, we gotta worth our value how much you're worth your projects your courses yes we got to sell it but at the beginning you got to start doing some stuff for free you got to start pushing yourself uh, to others and helping others give them uh, just a free value out there and keep on pushing it then then you're gonna start realize just like this maybe in his show then interview ken walls and all of those why did that happen to me because i started creating that moment that positivity consuming that positivity of that moment that just started coming in. Hey, I love your story, man. I can, I know other people that have the same story as you. You do not compare your story with nobody. Remember that. Do not compare yourself with nobody's story. Everybody's story is tough, hardship, struggles, and that's the best thing. That's what they make them. That's what they make them, her or him. It's that power within them that they're going to push out there. That's why I created this show, the Push Power to Power Show to serve others, give them a platform where they can talk and they can tell the story. Some people that I had, they were afraid to be on the show, be in their camera. And I just said, yeah, I don't have to be. I don't want you to be. We can just do podcasts, you know, just audio. And they told me, you know, Jesus, you just got me to that point that I got to show myself. I got to run myself. I got to let people know who am I, what I do, what's my service. If I don't do this, I'm going to stay behind. I don't want that. That made me happy that I, one person that you help and that they were happy to be on camera and not, and now that person, I know him, he's from Houston and look at him, he's man, he loves being, a, he's doing his own videos now. Nice. That makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It's so, isn't it so awesome to see people get something from something you've done or shared because you did care. That's one thing I tell people all the time about being the no excuses coach and being a speaker and being a mentor is the fact that I get the ability most every single day, whether it's a coaching client or somebody on here or somebody like you or somebody like Larry or Cindy. I mean, all these people, these amazing folks that are here, 
when you say or do something in such a way, maybe you've said it a thousand times. I say a lot of the same things over and over again, but I say them in different ways because I know that they have to connect and they may connect on that one day in a certain way that I say it. And I've seen it happen. I've seen, I've told people a thousand times one thing. And then all of a sudden I tell them a totally different way. And they go, you know, I never thought about it like that. I'm like, holy shit, were you fucking listening to me this whole time? You know, but that's all, that's what, that's what it, it is, man. I mean, look at you, you have taken yourself and you're like, Fuck it, I'll figure it out. Fuck it, I'll figure it out. Fuck it, I'll figure it out. Oh, there's my why. Okay, now I've got a new why. Now I love impacting people. Now I want to bring people up with me. Now I want to meet more people. I want to grow myself. I want to I want to get a better mic. You know, that's the thing that I really wanted to get across to people tonight, Jesus. And thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing all the little nuances of it is the fact that it's a journey, right? It's a journey. You're still just getting started on your journey. You're in your 30s. I'm just getting started on my journey and I'm 50. I I'm starting to think that like life is this like series of tests. And once you get to your forties or fifties, that's when you're like, okay, that's when you're really taking the knowledge of everything that you've taken in your life. All the great experiences, the bad experiences, the divorces, the the, all the, you're taking all that and going, Oh, Hey, I don't want to put up with that bullshit anymore. I'm going to go free fall. I'm going to go do stuff that excites me. That makes me that, that makes me happy to be alive. And that's one thing you and I get to do through our shows and through everything else is the fact that just making a difference in somebody's life. That is the most powerful thing for me. Aside from seeing my wife smile and my son smile um, is, is seeing people get it. So thank you so much for sharing that because I know you've been through a tremendous amount. I was on your show and I got to learn a lot about you. That's why I was so inspired by you to have you on my show because you know, you remind me of me. It was like, I didn't know what to do. So I figured it out. So I started doing it. Yes. Was it awkward? Oh, the first time I did my podcast, my second podcast last year in this studio, I was like, there was no video. And I'm like, I got to talk to a fucking camera that isn't even, I'm not even, yeah, it was the weirdest thing, but you just did it and you did it and you keep doing, you keep doing, you keep doing. Now I can sit there with my phone and do everything. You just get there. You just get there. Where can people get a hold of you and 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 get to see your show and have more of a conversation with you, Jesus? Yeah, guys, uh, go find me uh, myself on my page, Jesus Ortiz, or um, Geraldi Media. I'll definitely put there, and uh, you can check out my shows. The show that I did with him, the shows that I have done with uh, a lot of other entrepreneurs from New York, all over the place. Now I'm, I'm gonna do another show with somebody in India, and I mean, I'm telling you, when you hang around with the right people you get the right people inside of you and they help you. How can I help you? Who, who, who do you need help with? Mm-hmm. That's what you need. That's what we need in our life. And I didn't have no father figure. I mean, see, I didn't even go through that stuff. Even to you, I didn't have no father figure in me, just a mother figure. Me neither. Same thing. And, and look how we are. And I don't, him. I don't judge him. Whatever he did, he did. He's out there and I'm a bless him. I always tell you this to finish up the show. Yep. I mean, like I said, you go find me out there as a sister tease, but just remember this. You are you. God created you in his own image. So you decide what you want to do and you decide what you want to put out there for yourself, for others to see you who you are. Not the fakeness, but the truthfulness who you really are. And push and, and keep on meeting new people, keep on meeting everywhere. Virtual, I mean, virtually, phone calls, anywhere. You keep on pushing yourself, no matter if you had a father figure, no father figure, whatever it is that is 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 on your mind. Just keep on pushing, man. Just keep on pushing. Don't give up. Love yourself. Love your family. Um, time is of the essence. And you ain't getting that shit back. And telling you all those times I didn't get time with my daughter, even now, even now that I've been have been sad because I I'm supposed to be getting her on June the twenty second. And because of this bullshit with the COVID-19, they closed the Mexico side border. They pushed it to July the 22nd. And and it makes me sad that I have to call her right now after we're done. And she's already, are you coming to pick me up? And she said, I already want to see you, daddy. And that shit makes me fucking want to cry because she wants to see me. And because of all this shit, I can't see her. And it, 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 and it just is boggling my heart, man. Like mm. every day before I go to sleep, he just boggling like I want to see her. But this makes me stronger being in the show, being knowing that she's not here with me now. But hey, let's create you better. Hey, what do you I need help for? What do I need to invest? What do I need to make myself better? You know, my mind, my version, my health. I'm doing that right now. 
yes. even though I have that, that I don't want to call it negativity, but the stuff that I, you know, is hurting me because I can see her, I just turn it around and be like, hey, this is what I love. Let me keep on doing it because she sees me too. And uh, hey, let me finish it with this, guys. I talked to her two days ago, and guess what she said to me? I didn't even tell her this. She said, Dad, when I go there and see you, can we put some money aside and me and you together buy some toys and buy some clothes and go deliver it to the people that they don't have anything? Dude, that made me cry. I'm oh. crying right Look, I'm crying right now because that shit came out of her heart. And oh. I was like, dude, if Beautiful. she said that out of her damn heart, what's my damn excuse right now to, to push myself? And if that now went, I'm telling you, it's look, I'm crying. Because she said that to me, and that just sparked up my head. Jesus, you got to go out there. All in, 200%. Fuck it, let's go. Right on. And she said that out of her heart. And we're going to make that happen. Beautiful. Comes here, we're going to make that happen. Hell yeah, you should film it and share the shit out of that. Have her put oh, that I in her own words. I mean... I mean, you never know what viral video is going to go crazy next. That is a beautiful story, bro. Seriously. I mean, I, I, I could feel that I, I do a lot for my son every day. I'm alive is a day in the storybooks like this show or my video. I did the earlier today, every day I'm writing a page in the storybook for my son to go back and look and go, wow, my dad fought for what was right. And what was fair that he did these things that he worked so hard to make a difference in other people's lives and in his own life. I mean, I'm doing this for me just as much as I am for everybody else. But mostly when I lay my head on the pillow and I'm able to look back over the day and think, would my son be proud of me? Will he be proud of me? Am I proud of myself? Am I fulfilling that, that legacy? You know, I have a few of my coaching clients right now that are going through the process of writing their eulogy. And the funny thing they're finding out is that now they have to be congruent with the, the, the person they want to be. And that's such a fantastic aspect of life. So your daughter has an amazing heart. You've done a great job in doing that. And, and now the future is, is what we can make out of it at this moment. We have technology. I'm not sure if she has iPads and stuff like that, but the beautiful, the beautiful part of all this, Jesus, and this is the thing I want to really resonate with you guys out there is this is not going to last forever. The COVID thing, everything else is not going to last forever. This is a moment in time. And, and if I get really metaphysical with you, we are here for like a blip. When you look at the grand scheme of the world and, and all the different things that have happened in the world, our little 70-year trip here isn't much. But what makes it much is the fact of what we focus on in those moments. So, Jesus, thank you so much for sharing your story with me and with everybody here tonight. It's very inspirational. It's it's. Uh, obviously encouraging for the fact that literally you just keep going. And that's what somebody asked me the other day. They said, what is the definition of unstoppable? And sometimes I give these long winded answers. And, and I said, and I just looked at the person very matter of factly because I'm getting back to the, the, the place where I was before, where I would just tell people life is simple. And I would just pop off with something that was simple. And like, like I, my post earlier today, and I sat there and said, you know, it's, it's, it's about, our ability to choose our attitudes in those moments and to realize that we're able to get through these things and, and make a more powerful distinction in what we're doing. And you're an example of that. So thank you so much. Um, we got to get, we got to get, uh, we got to get running out of here. Angel says, Angel's one of my dear friends. She says, you are awesome. Jesus. Um, thank you guys. Thank everybody that was here listening. Thank you guys. And you know, this for me, man, and we're going to talk backstage once I, once I stop the show. Um, that this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just the beginning of what could totally be possible for all of us. And so I applaud you. I appreciate you. I'm here for you. I'm going to put you backstage and I'm just going to wind out the show. Um, so thank you again, brother. We'll talk here in just a second. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, I told you at the beginning of this broadcast that this was an inspirational journey through the story of Jesus's life. And I thank you guys so much for, for hanging in there until this part, because as you can see, there was a lot of different nuances to his story. Just like all of our stories, there's different nuances. I've had people tell me I had a pretty normal life and I don't understand why I'm so screwed up. Maybe those nuances were different for you than they would be for somebody else because of our perceptions based on our souls, based on our experiences here on earth. You know, that's the beautiful thing about us humans is the fact that there is deeper connections with some of us than others. And there's different meanings in some of the same experiences to different people, right? When you sit there and you, you tell somebody to watch a skit on Saturday Night Live and you say, what was your interpretation of that? If there's seven people watching it, you're going to get seven different versions because all based on our experiences and everything else. 
And that's what we have to look at. Just like Jesus did. He had to look at his mistakes and his falling down and everything with alcoholism and, and all the different situations, but he didn't miss the signs, you know? And that's one thing I was trying to think about how to say when we were having the interview was the signs were there. Like, here's a sign. Somebody showed up in his life that cared about him. I had the same sign. Somebody came up, showed up in my life, Bill White, you know, there's all these different cues that we can either choose to look at them and go, Hey, I probably might want to pay attention to that. Or there's many of us that go, I didn't see that. Did you see that? I didn't see that. Oh, no, that's, I know that's going to probably come back and bite me in 15 years, but I don't want to see it right now. So I'm just going to do these little short-term gratification things and I'm going to hope, wish, and pray that it goes away, but boom, 15 years later, oh, there it is. Oh, and it's worse now, you know, because we didn't deal with those things. We didn't run head on to into, into those fears and figure that shit out. You know, Steve Harvey jumped. You guys have heard me talk about it a thousand times. I'm not even kidding. You know, you have to jump to live. And when you live, there's something electric about how it connects with other people and how, you know, when you get up in the morning and you set your intentions and I set my intentions every morning and I will, some days I'm like, is this shit working? I thought it was working. It seemed like it was working. And if my belief starts to fade, then guess what? The results start to fade. But as soon as I go back and I make sure I'm very consistent about my intention setting and my gratitudes, which I do to three times a day now, um, it's amazing what unfolds for you. And I'm not here to tell you it's easy. I'm not here to tell you that there's an overnight cure for this, but I'm here to tell you that it's worth it. Jesus will tell you it's worth it. So many other people that I know that have gone on the hero's journey, which is something you should actually check out on Netflix, Netflix or YouTube. It's called the hero's journey. It's really, truly amazing. The components of what makes a great movie, what components make a great story, but we all have those components. It's just how you choose to look at it. And that's what you guys always know about me. No excuses. And it's all about perspectives. It's all about, you know, am I going to be a victim or a victor? Really, ultimately, when I say life is simple, it really is. Are you, are you going to choose to be a victim or are you going to choose to be a victor? And when I ask people that question, it blows my mind how long it takes for them to give me an answer. So I ask you, are you a victim or are you a victor? That should be absolutely spontaneously. I'm a victor. I've been a victim. I've been victimized. I've had a victim mentality. And guess what? That hasn't worked for me. So now I'm a victor. So what does a victor do? The victor looks for solutions. A victor gets every day and figures out, hey, it's a brand new day. It's a beautiful day. What should I be grateful for? A victor picks up a book, watches a video, has a discussion with somebody, reaches out, does something uncomfortable. A victor takes care of themselves. Life is simple. Stop punishing yourself. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Again, I've got Friday night lives with Scott Goyette every Friday night, five o'clock. You guys know where to find me. And I've started a new show with my lovely friend, Pamela Aubrey called rainbows and real talk. Check it out. Rainbows and real talk. I'm not the rainbow, by the way, she's the rainbow. I'm the real talk. Um, so we started doing that every other Thursdays, but we're going to have another one this Thursday. Shh, we're going to have another one this Thursday. We had one last Thursday. So check that out all on my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash the Christopher Roush. Go check it out. I love you guys. Thank you for being kick-ass. Thank you for being unstoppable. Thank you again, Jesus, for being on the show. Uh, if you guys got guests or people that you think would be great for the Raw and Unscripted show, I would love to have you send those, that send, send that information to me. Um, again, I love you guys. And that is no bullshit. I'm looking into each and every one of your eyes and your souls right now. There's six of you on here live right now. And I know there's going to be people watching the replay. Thank you so much for your loyalty, for your honesty, for your friendship, for your sisterhood, for your brotherhood, for being who you guys are and appreciating me for who I am. I said that earlier today in my video. I truly mean that you guys are all awesome and just be the change you want to see. Just be the light that you need to be. Just be the action that you need to take. You know, we all go through it. It's uncertain, it's fearful, it's scary, it's freaky, but it's called living, all right? I love you guys. Stay unstoppable. Peace.